0: When you begin business with your spouse, it makes the relationship perverted in the sense that everything that was is no longer and all the lines are crossed and the boundaries are crossed. And I think the biggest challenge has been that you, for the last decade of my life, have been my safe space. Me too. To speak with. My outlet to speak with when I had problems, when i was solving things that I couldn't figure out issues like deep issues when it came to either business or life when you're not in a business together let's say your spouse comes home and they're telling you about this you're not directly implicated in it exactly so you're not thinking you have
1: capacity
0: you're not thinking oh my god this affects me you're like okay i'm here let me try to help this person when you're in business together les will be telling me some stuff like i don't know what we're gonna do with production it's all (laughs) gonna fall apart like that's and and she's just venting and going through it But I'm her partner, and all of a sudden I'm like, yo, oh my god, I start getting dragged into the rabbit hole. So you have to understand, I'm sitting there, and I'm in a good place, and now I'm like, oh, I'm on panic mode, I'm like, Les is freaking out, production's falling apart. Yeah, you start
1: losing trust, but I'm like, why the fuck is he losing trust? Like, What is he even buying into my shit right now? I just need an outlet, I just need to talk to somebody.
0: all right it is the midday squares podcast uncensored we talk about family business entrepreneurship chocolate and whatever fucks are on our mind today it is just les and i in the studio um jake is on the road with the sales team crushing it so i'm super pumped about today so guys great questions have been coming in from you so here's some of the stuff we're going to discuss on the show today and we're going to get into it what are some of the mistakes you guys have made so far? Should you raise money from VCs or family or any of that jazz? And what should you be working on in the early stages of the company? On top of that, we actually said this would be a great time for Les and I to basically get in here and talk us a little bit about marriage. So it's it's a, it's a it's a it's actually a very common question that we get, which is what is it like, you know working with your spouse. And I know people have been interested on the relationship between, you know, Jake, Les, and I, but specifically on the marriage component. So we're going to get into that too. Hope you guys enjoy As always, feel free to ask any questions that you want to hear us discuss on the show. It's middaysquares.com slash podcast questions, middaysquares.com slash podcast questions. Les, it's the first time you're in the studio alone with me. How do you feel about that?
1: I was just thinking about that. And I'm like, it kind of feels weird to not see Jacques with his glasses um, sitting there, you know, and like, you usually start off the co- podcast by saying, how's everybody doing? And I always look at Jacques.
0: Yeah, because you're you're always <laughs> deflecting to other people.
1: Because And then he looks at me and then I'm like, okay, I'll start. <laughs> um, but no, I'm excited to be in the studio with you. And I think that, you know, it's 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 true. A lot of people want to know about our marriage and about us and uh, why we sleep in separate rooms and all that jazz. <laughs> so
0: <laughs> so what, what would you say to anybody that's listening right now? What is it? What is the marriage component of getting into business?
1: I think that I think first there's it's twofold that question because okay. number one, there's marriage and then there's marriage and business. And I think that you need to have um, that that first part nailed down before you can go to the second part, right? Which is you need to have a strong marriage to be able to be in mar- in business with your partner.
0: Yeah, I, d- I don't even think I don't think that's the right answer. How about that? Really?
1: Yeah. Okay. So, what do you think? I
0: think the two have nothing to do with each other. Really? Yeah, I really believe that you should not be in business with your. Uh, wife or husband, just because they're your wife or husband. Of
1: course, that's the. F- you're right. That is the first. Like thing.
0: I'm, you're not my partner because you're my wife. That's that's really the this distillation of this entire thing. It so happens that you're my wife, and then we'll get into. Okay, if you decide yeah. that the person that you're married to is actually your right partner, then that comes with a whole bag of kid and caddoodle yeah. to go with it. But I really want to make it fucking clear for the audience. Right.
1: The first question is.
0: Why is this person your partner?
1: Why should, exactly. Why do I want to get into business with this person?
0: And at the end of the day, when I think about it, it's, Les was the right person to do everything that the business required that I couldn't do. Um, And I believe that I was the right person to do everything that she couldn't do. And for everybody that doesn't know, we worked together prior to Midday Squares. I had invested in her company. She was a solo entrepreneur. I believed in her so much, Um, and I put my cold hard cash down on that business, which, fun story. You want to tell the story? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Basically, for everybody who
1: doesn't know, Nick and I have known each other since I was 14, and basically, Nick was actually Jake's hockey coach (laughs) um, and didn't even know I existed until one day I was dating Nick's friend, and Nick somehow ended up at my house.
0: Well, I was dating your friend. Yeah. That's how it was. You were, exactly, yeah. Paige Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. shout out Paige Shout out Paige Bloomer Yeah, shout out Paige uh,
1: So basically, exactly So w- that's how we met And then our relationship over time it, Nick and I's relationship was really weird over time Like we never had the same group of friends but zero. Bas- zero Basically Nick would call me or I'd call him We'd, end We'd up- see
0: each other four times a year
1: exactly for but years for years for years but like when we would see each other it was like strong like it felt like i had been hanging out with you
0: daily no, no, no. <laughs> i i would freak I, and it was always weird interactions too Very we would weird. be passing each other on the way or out of a restaurant yeah and you'd be like les or nick and we'd be like yeah buh, hello
1: you stayed at my apartment in new york city when i didn't even when i wasn't even there yeah
0: that that's exactly it hooking
1: I, up with girls and everything
0: that's that's a story for another time <laughs> yeah yeah that's yeah. a story for another. That was actually a great New York trip.
1: Yeah, it was fun. It was, so, I wasn't there, but I heard all about it.
0: So, so, Les and I have known each other for a really long time, but here's the thing that always attracted me to Les was she was a fucking dreamer. I mean, we have spoke about it on the show before. Like, Les has done the craziest shit. Um, and, like, when she used to say that she was going to build a hotel, nobody understood that she actually meant it. And these are the things that attracted me to her. Yeah, I did. I did. Uh, these are the things that attracted me. Yeah, me to you always and so long story short is i end up investing in her in her clothing uh, company
1: yeah so but no but basically long story short let's just get let's let's give them a little more detail okay
0: I'll give them the detail <laughs> nick
1: shows up to my house and we start becoming really close in our early 20s and basically one day he's like and i confided in nick and all of my entrepreneurial um hardships and and ask for as his did advice. I, I mean, yeah. we were in it together. We were always. in it together. And basically, Nick believed in me more than anybody, and 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 I believed in him as well. And he got came to my house, and he's like, "Les," and I was I was at rock bottom at this point. I had no more money left to put into the company. Um, I was not really sure about the direction. I had tried traditional retail, but that didn't work. And Nick is a whiz at online so he's like i feel like i could get this off the ground um in in that in that zone huge
0: which yeah i was like <laughs> we're gonna make this rock you were, so hard yeah how you, hard You, you were I, guns blazing guns blazing yeah
1: you didn't doubt for a second
0: I don't think I've ever been more guns blazing on something on that area. And it was probably one of the most humbling experiences of my life. And I fucking hate the word humbling. So the fact that I'm even using, it, you know, people are always like, I'm so humbled to be part of this. I'm so humbled this. It's like, nah, you're not humbled, yo. You're stroking your own ego. But no, I, I, this was a humbling experience in the real sense was that I was incapable of selling one item, guys. Think about that. <laughs> In one year, I did not, I I was incapable of selling one piece of clothing online. Okay, so wait. wait. There's backstory to this.
1: Backstory. So basically, Nick's in my basement. I lived in the basement. And Nick comes downstairs. He's like, Les, I want to invest in Hector. And I really believe in you as an entrepreneur. And I love what you're doing. And um, I was like, What do you mean? He's like, I want to invest in you. And I'm like, That's crazy. You know, because I've just had, I had so much fucking friction on my journey with Hector. Yeah. And I looked at Nick and he's like, but there's only one way this is going to happen. It's going to be able to happen. We need to live in the same place because Nick had his company at that point. And so he was working from 10 to 6 p.m., 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. And basically there was no time for us to really work. So he's like, we're going to move in. And I was like, okay. And then he tried pawning me off to like the next door apartment. And I'm like, no, no, no. If we're doing this, we're living together as roomies. And that's when we found our, our, our condo. That's still our condo today. It's our home. So much is happening Six in that years. condo.
0: Wow. So Les, obviously and one of Les's superpowers is to convince other people into doing shit that they don't understand why they're doing. So for instance, <laughs> like what I was in a, I was in a condo living on my own, you know, killing it. And then somehow in a week, in this, in seven days, this person puts me into another condo and then gets rid of my other condo. I moved in. I have no idea what's happening. Moral of the story though is great shit has happened in that condo. You know, we sparked
1: a lot of stuff.
0: We birthed Hector in that condo. Yeah. I mean, phase two of Hector, actually. Hector was your baby. Hector was birthed. Yeah. Hector was way birthed before but so, yeah, so the clothing company was launched out of that condo. We did photo shoots, all sorts of shit. Um, oh, it was that, going
1: 24-7 It was there. going...
0: The house was bananas. I was
1: in Hong Kong, China while my team member, Sian, was in, in the condo... In the condo. Working with me through the hours that I was working in China.
0: So, yeah, to, so to put everybody <laughs> into perspective, I would wake up at like 5 a.m. I would go hard on Hector till about 10, 9, 10, leave to my other company of which... I actually had to work, right? Like this is, earn I, a was, I, was, I had to earn a living and make sure that there was, that the company was running because I was one of four partners. I would do that till six. I would come <laughs> home, do another three hour blitz. Then someone would show up at the house at like <laughs> seven, eight PM because they had to be on China time with Les. And I would go to sleep at nine (laughs) while someone was just in the house. Like it was a very awkward experience for me, but, but it was good times. And we did, we did a lot, but you know, Les definitely got way further than I did with the online business. Um, We were trying to compete with like, you know, the Chanel's of the world. So I, I I always say my humbling experience was the fact that I couldn't sell a high ticket item at that price point online. Uh, I tried every trick in the book that I knew and I just, we just couldn't get it done. Um, and and for everybody that doesn't know, Hector is actually uh, Hector is actually Midday Squares. Like if you go Google Midday Squares Inc. and you you pull up the Canadian Inc. You're actually going to see that there was a name change from Hector Inc. to Midday Squares Inc., which is amazing and fascinating. And I think that's such a beautiful part of the whole story. Um but yeah That's so,
1: basically how you and I became married.
0: Yeah, that's exactly how you and I got married.
1: I, I forced you to live with me yeah. <laughs> and then moved you in and you never moved out. Oh or I never moved out since
0: it was your condo. Oh my god. <laughs> it's it's been a worldwide so okay. So we have established with the audience that you don't want to be a partner with your wife or spouse just for the sake of doing that. Like There needs to be a reason. There has to be a real reason. A fuck yeah reason. Now, let's say that does happen and you are married. That brings a whole bag of challenges with it, no? Oh my God. Uh, Yeah. Get into it. Let's go. Let's go. This is the show, baby. This is the show. It's been hard.
1: It's been really hard because you and I, um, prior to Midday Squares, really lived a zen kind of frictionless life. Like, I think... You and I maybe argued one time a year, like at most. At most, like it was weird, you know. And basically, Midday Squares hit. Everything was good for the first little like few months, like before the the action started, before August 15, thousand eighteen. Things were smooth. We were working. We were getting everything ready. We were working on the branding. We were convincing Jake to come on board. <laughs> it was easy peasy. Once the stress, like once the explosion started to happening, the scaling was rapid. Um, that put a lot of you know, stress on our marriage, um, and there was really rocky times, and it was really hard because um, there are so many moving parts.
0: You violate when you begin business with your spouse, and not I a
1: normal business, though. Like maybe, it, maybe if it doesn't scale as quickly, maybe, maybe,
0: maybe not. But let's just yeah. assume this is always the way it is, right? right? Okay. Let's assume because we don't know better, so we right, can't comment. On you're that. right. Once that starts to happen, it puts the it it makes the relationship perverted in the sense that everything that was, is no longer and all the lines are crossed and the boundaries are crossed. And I think the biggest challenge has been that you for the last decade of my life have been my safe space to speak with my outlet to speak with when I had problems, when i was solving things that I couldn't figure out issues, like deep issues when it came to either business or life. And then all of a sudden, when you're in the business together, you have the same issues. <laughs> and it's not it's not the way it used to be. Like, there's literally times where why don't you tell the story of like the night where I you were out and I was sleeping waiting for you to come home. And you came home and you were going through something and yeah. I waited up to say goodnight to you. Remember? And yes, it all yes, just yes. fucking unraveled.
1: Yeah, basically Yeah, you know, first of all, we're two different type of personalities. So I'm very emotional in the sense that I need to express everything like I need to talk it all out, talk it all out. That's how I um, have my revelations like by speaking and you're very like well thought out. In your head first, um, logic first, and then you'll say what you need to say. But I'm. I do um, want to say something. Yeah. I
0: don't think you're not well thought out. Is my thought process is internal and your thought process is external.
1: Exactly. And sometimes my tr- I'm saying things, but they're not my truths yet.
0: Yeah, you, you don't even actually.
1: I don't believe it yet. Yeah, you don't even know. Then I'll have my you know now that's what I believe, right? And
0: that will fuck me up. Yeah, of course. And that will fuck me up because I'm in it.
1: Because I only identified that recently. You know, here's with
0: therapy, the, a lot of therapy. Here's the part though that's that's trippy is, so when you're not in a business together, let's say your spouse comes home and they're telling you about this, you're not directly implicated in exactly. it exactly. So you're not thinking you have
1: capacity.
0: You're not thinking, oh my god, this affects me. You're like, okay, I'm here. Let me try to help this person. When you're in business together, Les will be telling me some stuff like. I don't know what we're going to do with production. It's all going to fall apart. Like that's And and she's just venting and going through it. But I'm her partner. And all of a sudden, I'm like, yo, oh my God. I start getting dragged into the rabbit hole. So you have to understand, I'm sitting there. And I'm in a good place. And now I'm like, oh, I'm on panic mode. I'm like, Les is freaking out. Production's falling apart. Yeah, you start
1: losing trust. But I'm like, why the fuck is he losing trust? Like, what is he even buying into my shit right now i just need an outlet i just need to talk to somebody <laughs> you know and basically i'm just trying to talk to nick and we can we don't have that safe space anymore and that's been really challenging um and so i've had to journal and you've had to do your own thing and like some days like i even remember not too long ago like i was in a really bad place and And I was like in my room and I was kind of tearing up. And you're just like, I can't be there for you right now, Les, as much as I want to. Yeah. I I really can't. And that is so painful. But it's even the other night with you as well, you know, when you needed me. And I was like, you're like, please, can you just come to my room for a bit? And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, I don't have capacity for this.
0: So I think not to drag it on for you is this is the part that you as the audience need to remember is that getting into business with your spouse could work and it could work no problem and it's actually we've spoke about it on the show before the highs are so high and the lows are so low but it's a beautiful thing when it works out now that being said i know a lot a lot of um husband wife duos out there that are not seeing therapists Okay. That are not actively seeing therapists or business coaches on their journey. I actually have no idea how they're going to survive. Do you know how they're going to (laughs) survive? I don't like if anybody, how about this? There is a high, I would bet if you gave me 10 different, um, co-founder wife, husband duos, I would and, and you told me That they weren't Seeing a therapist I would put big money And if anybody wants To take me up on this Feel free to reach out That they would all Get divorced no, There's no way They survive
1: I feel like a lot Of people um, Like um, Don't want to deal With their problems So they push them away and some people stay in relationships just to stay in them um, because it's easier.
0: Kids are the big excuse.
1: The biggest excuse. I hate that excuse. I know we don't have kids yet, so it's hard to say. But Fuck like, it. I don't care. That's I my opinion. Ki- yeah. My opinion is like, if it's no bueno anymore, it's no bueno. And, uh, You're you doing to-
0: more damage to everyone else.
1: Exactly. But therapy has saved us because I remember in January, uh, shit was really rocky. And I looked at you and I was like, Nick, I remember I came home and I'm not going to lie. I had a really long conversation with my girlfriends at the office with Lance and Ariel. We had some champagne and I was just like, things are rocky. Like I need to get on top of this. They're like, yeah. And then basically I came home. What was the
0: conversation you guys had? If you can put it into two bullets, was it you're getting a divorce? No,
1: it was just like, I don't want to go on like this. Like this is not us. And I came home and I had that heartfelt conversation with you in the kitchen And basically I was like, we need to invest in one day a week therapy with Jim, our therapist, um, until things are flowing. And we've been doing that since January and it's been a game changer.
0: Put it on your, uh, another hack, guys, put it on your company's P&L. So very, 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 very important part is that um, you want to put it on the company's P&L because at the end of the day, the company should be paying for it. It's what allows the company to survive. It's so our investors love seeing it; they know yeah. it. Right now, we see a therapist on Tuesday, just Les and I, and then we see the therapist on Thursday. The uh, Jake, as the tripod, we call it. So, don't be afraid. To put it on your company's p l it is an expense that actually has probably the biggest roi on the company
1: when we're happy the company thrives hap- yeah exactly. everybody's happy Point now.
0: um and that's and that's really it i don't think it needs to be more complicated on that subject matter it's fucking do it but don't do it for the sake of doing it and if you're gonna do it make sure you have someone fucking coaching you every yeah, step you gotta of the way. put in the work do you have any final words on that subject matter
1: just that i i love you hard
0: oh i love you hard too okay moving <laughs> on what are some of the mistakes you guys have made so far? Ooh, that's a that's a loaded question. Load it. Do you have anything that comes to mind right away? Because that's a loaded question.
1: So, some of the mistakes. So, I would say uh, definitely I would have done a lot of things differently. Well, in, let's in, hear that. In, I mean, you can't bil- just say in, that. No, in building the plant, <clears throat> I think that um, a lot of people took me for a ride.
0: Yeah. You know? I don't know if you can call it a mistake, though, because it's your first time going through it. For me, I'm no,
1: exactly. It's not a mistake, but I would do things very differently.
0: For me, a true mistake is something that we intended with one intention and it didn't work out. So I would say the biggest mistake that we made was going from a full-time accountant, so controller early on. So we basically had a controller at the starting of the company and a lot of people... Um, think that bookkeeping is the only thing you need. And so I would say if you can't afford an accountant controller um, and just a bookkeeper, absolutely. So many people start their businesses without bookkeepers. It is your number one way to fuck yourself. Like, oh, big time. It yeah. is. It will just screw you on every way. When you need to raise money, anything, if you don't have your books in order and down to the T – and your P&L looks gorgeous. And if you don't know what a P&L is, you better look that up and, and know exactly what's going on in your balance sheet. There's a big problem. So what happened was we went early on from like a full time person that was in Montreal, but was on like a part time basis, but was in Montreal coming in, working with us. It was full time and things were moving along um, a lot better than they were when we decided to go through an outsourced CFO. So we end up getting pitched on this idea of an outsourced CFO who on paper looked great and uh, everything looked jazzy and we decided as a company that we were going to move to a person in New York City that was going to be our controller. And that was the biggest mistake we've made so far. I'm you go for I it.
1: actually have one too now. Okay, but, but I'm so
0: going to this outsource controller not only brought what we were doing on our books back five steps, they didn't know how to handle Quebec. We live in a province, and if you live in a state or any province, like you really all have different tax rules. Oh yeah. And and it was it's been so disastrous. Everything from the way the books were set up, how things were being inputted, no visibility over our actual inventory that was here because she was there or he was there, Um, couldn't come into the warehouse and do proper inventory checks, stuff was going under the rug. He or she made a huge mistake on cash flow statements um, that really, if we didn't operate the company with a margin of safety, we would have been in big danger. Yeah. And that really, really hurt.
1: Yeah, I would say that is probably one of the biggest. Yeah, that's mistakes. the
0: Honestly, when I go to sleep at night, or and I like when I, I try not to dwell about the past too much because you can't do much about the past, but it really fucking irks me that one because I'm I'm I personally in this company, I'm feeling the pain of having to undo all that now. And thank God we we woke up, smelt the coffee, and moved to a full time in house controller. And so, the moral of the story is do not underestimate the power of a proper accountant or bookkeeper in-house in-house not external in-house with you on the ride next to you figuring shit out it is so fucking important just fucking trust me on this if there's one thing that you take away from all of the midday squares podcast is to fucking trust me on this one what was the what was your thing
1: don't wait to let somebody go because that's when things happen like if things are not working out um, after a three month mark, and we, that's why it's in place in Quebec, you have a three month kind of. Um, even uh, if you
0: don't, honestly. Even if you don't, like just get rid of it.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think I think our biggest thing with hiring and firing is identifying when it's the right fit or not and then making excuses or saying, okay, I'm gonna, you know, get to it in a few days. Because this
0: comes to a vanity metric. So like so many people are worried about turnover rate at the beginning. It's like who the fuck cares? At the end of the day, at the beginning of a business, you have one thing. Right. Survive. Survive. And so I'm like of the when you're in the interview process there's only so much you can do there's really only so much you can do and there's only so much time and now
1: p- we no, and now we've implemented serious like hiring processes from initial uh, you know job postings to videos to projects to three interviews. Yeah, I like,
0: mean, I mean, we can even get into it. So our step right now is um, we make everybody that's trying to work at Midday Squares take an aptitude test. The aptitude test is really to see your critical thinking ability, intelligence level, how you would discern problem solving. Now that is not how we base our hiring off of, but it's how we weed out everybody. Yeah, um, like from, for people
1: who don't want to do that, I'm like the fact that you won't even take the test. Oh, there's minutes, some people
0: that won't even do the test. Yeah, yeah, it says
1: incomplete. That's right away. That's a reject.
0: You're out. And then if you fail, like if you score very low on the test, you're out too. Yeah. Um, but but can, I want to touch on the point of what I brought up before.
1: It's shoot. like I think that there's this whole kind of vibe behind hiring and firing that needs to kind of disappear I think over time and maybe that's just a mindset for us but it's like business is a relationship right and it's when it's it, it's a paid relationship and so when it's over it doesn't it shouldn't have to be this whole big cadoodle it's just like it didn't work out. It's like a friendship or a girlfriend or boyfriend. Or no, it's
0: actually it's it's actually way more different than a friendship or. Bro, there is a transaction happening. Right. When you go to a store and buy something, or you're at a restaurant and you buy something and you don't like it, what do you do?
1: You get your money back. You
0: return it and get you your money it. <laughs> back. Yeah. In this case, you can't get your money back. So imagine that you can't even get your money back. But the very least you should be able to do is return the thing. That's it. And so I'm of a huge fact of, as a startup. You are moving way too quick, way too quick, way too quick um, to 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 have to vet, 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 vet. Now there's a time and a place for vetting, but hire people. If it doesn't work, fire people. It's not the end of the fucking world.
1: But we are going through hiring right now, and and it's challenging.
0: It's very challenging because yeah, we're trying exhausting. to avoid making the wrong hires. hundred percent. Because yeah, so so don't don't feel the stigma around hiring and firing, and I. In so many entrepreneurship groups or friends that I speak with, there's like, I can't fire this person because they've only been here or what a, and we haven't given them enough of a chance. Here's the thing, guys. As entrepreneurs, you know in your gut, you just know. You know when it's working, you know when it's not working.
1: And I have a feeling both parties feel that.
0: Yes. I, I, would, I would agree tremendously with that. So... Don't make that mistake of holding on to something that's just no bueno too long. Because I mean, it just
1: becomes sour. It's just, like a relationship.
0: Just move on. Yeah. Suivant next. <laughs> no, really, until you get a great vibe, because a great vibe in the office is really gonna take you um miles, miles, miles. What should we be working on uh, as a startup, as a as a company that's trying to go? I mean, that's that's a that's another tough question. I think that's super individual, but I would take my best chance at, at answering this is really what it comes down to. The number one thing a startup should be working on if they haven't reached product market fit, reach product market fit. Figure oh, yeah. out how you get product market fit. 100%. It seems like you want to say something on that no, subject. No, you
1: know? I completely agree with you. Like Product market fit is everything and I know because I didn't have it in my last venture. Yeah. And, and you feel
0: it. Oh yeah, you fucking like, feel when it. When you
1: are trying to convince somebody of something... It's a lot harder than somebody feeling like they need it versus you convincing them that they need
0: it. Oh, it's, you, you're, you're in, if you need to really convince you're in the wrong business, oh, yeah. it's really that simple. Product market fit, we've said it before, we'll say it again, is simply this you put something into the world that is so badly needed that the second people find out that it's there they start telling other people about it that's product market fit
1: i remember on the on the note of product market fit i remember when you told me that you've read when we first started midday squares you would say to me shit like les i've read that people say when you feel when you have product market fit you just feel it and i remember that because it happened.
0: Yeah, and I was like, "Holy shit, this is crazy." Yeah, it feels like a bull that you are riding and you are not in control of zero. That's control. what product market fit feels like. Yeah. You're in zero control <laughs> of it at all times. Okay, 100%. so I hope that 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 works for you. Is if you don't have product market fit, figure out how you get product market fit. The second you have product market fit, your one sole job as a founder entrepreneur is to figure out how do you continuously add people to your team in order to grow and scale. How do you and support scale. it? How do you support it in yeah. scale? Which brings us to our last and final question of the show. Okay. Wow, that went by quick.
1: Yeah, that went by really quick. Are you sweating? No, but I'm hot in here. You
0: look like you're sweating.
1: I'm glistened, babe.
0: How are your pits? They're good. How are yours? Sweating. <laughs> you're sweating. Sweating balls, Because you're right wearing
1: now. track pants today.
0: Why, that happens when of you wear course, track pants? Of course.
1: There's no breathing. Uh, breathing. Breathe. Breathe.
0: Breathe. So... Should we be raising money from VCs? I'm super passionate about this question, guys. You are. You always talk about this. Yeah, raising money is just that. It's raising money, okay? Don't think about whether or not you should raise money. If you have a business that is scaling and there's cash being generated at the same speed as what you need to scale, don't raise money. It's that simple. But if you are in a position where you believe that, If you don't scale or you don't have the money to scale fast enough, so perfect example, winning a market. We at Midday Squares could potentially grow slower, but then we leave the opportunity to the U.S. to potentially be won by somebody else. Um, Oatly, I would argue the oat milk early on didn't scale fast enough into the U.S., um, in different territories that really required them to establish their ban and win. Um, and, and that could have been a simple mistake of, of not raising money fast enough. There's no perfect answer on this. But what I will say is do not raise money for the sake of raising money. I, I, I like it's not a question as should we do it or not. It's do it as a tool that's required 100%. to have a goal.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's not cool to raise money. No,
0: there's nothing cool about it. There's nothing
1: cool about it. First of all, it's like a really hard, long, like rattling process. Um, And like you said, just do it if you need it. Don't just do it to do it. Yeah. You know? With a real- With a reason.
0: With a real reason. And then don't raise money from fucking losers. Oh, yeah. There is so many losers out there that have money that are going to try to convince you into deals that are dumb that are fucking like
1: no we always say it we say it
0: best be able to sleep on the couch of the
1: person that invests in you be able to have that type of relationship because ultimately like you need to be able to trust this person And you're gonna
0: go through hell with them
1: yeah exactly
0: and if you can't sleep on each other's couches to begin with trust me when the hell hits it ain't gonna be nice and Be ugly and and, and also like Another thing that I find myself having conversations with a lot of entrepreneurs lately on phone calls is um, is the fact that there is more money on the sidelines than there are people with good execution and ideas. And so stop going into this thinking that you need them more than they need you. So it's very, very fucking important for your confidence, okay? When a fund raises money, they raise money with a deployment period they must deploy the money so just remember that it's not just sitting in a bank account and it can go out when it needs to go out they have a time period and within that time period the money that they raise so let's say the fund is 100 million dollars and always ask your investors what What? their fund size is because it's very important for follow-on rounds Um, a follow-on round is when you need more money right and you want to make sure that your investor is not tapped out right That they can really support your growth so if they've raised a hundred million dollars in their fund, they have to deploy that. Like they have, I think like usually sometimes like two to three years to deploy that money. So think about that. So they have two to three years to find the best possible deals to deploy money to you. have to put in your, in your mindset that you are that best deal and that they're fighting every other investor. Cause everybody knows that there's a, there's literally right now in the game, the way the market is there are thousands of investors. And so Go in there with confidence. Go in there knowing that you, the entrepreneur, are the thing that allows the ecosystem to really thrive, not the investor. The investor is there to help you thrive, and the returns come from entrepreneurs. And if you look at Silicon Valley, it wasn't built on investors' backs. It was built on entrepreneurs' backs. Now, investors were catalysts to make that happen, and great entrepreneurs cannot survive without them. But know that you are the golden goose, not them. It's uh, very important.
1: I love, I love how passionate you are about this because well, I, I, I've heard you many times, but I was just so engaged. <laughs> well, I just
0: don't, I don't want people to get fucked.
1: No, I know, and it's there's a lot to talk about on this topic, but now I think you summed it up really nicely.
0: Well, then, how are we going to go forward after that? <laughs> Um, everybody, it is Thursday over here, so Les and I actually have a jam-packed day. We have actually a board call after this. I did want to say one say thing. Say one thing.
1: I did want to ask, because we didn't start our podcast um, off with this question, is a check-in. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing great today. I was doing horrible yesterday. So we're on a weight loss journey. <laughs> <laughs> if, 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 hey, if everybody...
1: You, Nick hasn't been on a weight loss journey in like over, I don't know. I don't,
0: know. I don't even I, know. Long time. Long time. Um, we're on a weight loss journey. For everybody that doesn't know, Les and I have gained a tremendous amount of weight since starting Midday Squares. I've gained like 60 pounds. You? I started, I was like at like 180 and I'm at 204. So, so yeah, okay. so 24, 24 pounds. 24 pounds. Yeah, so, and, and I'm a six foot body, you know, so it's a, it's a lot now on I'm you. 5'1", babe. <laughs> <laughs> so we're on this weight loss journey and and uh, yesterday I was just having like the sugar downs or whatever it is. The, the, the They call it dietary fatigue. Uh, And I was smoked You were were rattled I couldn't even function I actually went home At like 2.30 and slept and that's, that's basically where we're at
1: <laughs> Yeah, so basically we're dieting Well, we're not dieting We're, we're changing our way of living We're cutting down on our meals We're eating clean And hopefully in a few days We're going to start feeling a lot better But I'm pumped to be doing it with Nick And we have each other to get through it And uh, yeah, so I'm actually feeling How are you feeling? Last night was a little rough for me <laughs> You know, I took my Epsom salt bath yeah. and whatever I tried to fall asleep But it took me some time I had a lot on my mind uh, But this morning I'm actually feeling good This podcast put me in a good mood I- so I'm ready to take on the day and, and yeah. We feel, do feel this feel
0: podcast as much for you guys as for ourselves because it's really fun to do it. hundred percent. And on that note, everybody, it is Thursday. Go out and kill it. Les. Three, two, one. ole, 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 Midday Squares Uncensored. That's a wrap, everybody. Go out, enjoy, fucking build your dream, do whatever the fuck you want because that's what life is for, the journey.